Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. From Real Ghost Stories Online.com, this is Real Ghost Stories Online, the podcast. The phone number is 855-853-4802 to call in your real ghost story. That's what I like to say is almost the fast pass to getting your story on the air. So feel free to call 24 hours a day, seven days a week with your real ghost story. 855-853-4802. Of course, you can always write into the website at realghoststoriesonline.com and comment on our forum section. Lots of ways to get a story to us here at Real Ghost Stories Online. If you're not an EPP yet, you listen to the show semi-frequently, semi-regularly, couple days a week maybe, and you like it, uh, consider supporting it and allowing us to continue doing the show and become an EPP. It's just five bucks a month. You get an extra episode sent to you every single week. As a thank you, that's exclusively for our EPPs and the satisfaction of knowing that you are supporting the show and keeping it going. You can become an EPP by going to the website, realghoststoriesonline.com and clicking on the Become an EPP banner. Pretty easy, pretty straightforward. So, how are you doing this evening, Jenny Bruski? I'm good. How are you? Well, I wanted to go to a haunted house tonight. <laughs> Attempted to go to a haunted house tonight. And how far did you get? About 10 feet in. Yeah. About 10 feet in. And that wasn't my doing. My do it, as as our little, little one says. <laughs> the uh, the other one, who's almost eight, uh, uh, as you know, it's been the debate around our home of, you know, can she go to the, the haunted house this year? And she's been asking about it. In years past, she didn't even want to go. Right. It's just like, oh, that's too scary. And this year, she's like, no, I really want to go. I really want to go. And this year, we actually said, no, I don't think so. I think it's going to be too scary. No, no, I, I can do it. I can do it. I really want to go. I really want to go. I want to do it. I'm going to get Okay. All right. You sure? Yeah. Okay. So we went. Me and her went. About 10 feet in. <laughs> I want to go. Can we leave? Knowing full well <laughs> that that was going to happen. Yeah. It was about a $60 lesson learned. Yeah. Yep. So, it was a lovely hayride back through the woods. <laughs> but. Well, but though, this particular, I guess you can call it a haunted house. It's more like a haunted field. Yeah. Um, You had gone to it in years past. Mm-hmm. And wasn't it completely different this year than it had been in the past? It was completely different than what it was about five years ago. That was the last okay. time I was there. And in the years past, I would have had no problem taking her through it. Um, just knowing what it was five years ago. It was literally a field with people with masks that jumped out at you with you know flashlights and some strobe lights. Okay. It was really not bad. In fact, I walked away within the years past going, yeah, it kind of sucked. Um, this year, uh, it seemed more put on. I mean, it was a fairly decent production from what I could tell, but um, I mean, she's a dramatic girl <laughs> and, she and, and she's very sensitive to things, so I'm not at all surprised with what 
we saw this year that she did want to leave. And I thought, okay, if it's like this so far, it's going to get worse. I'm not going to deal with this. Let's just go. <laughs> so, But the two-year-old probably would have been fine. The two-year-old would have made it. She'd be like, ooh, scary. She is ah, just scary. so different. Those two girls are so different. Yeah. So I got to wait about five years and I'll take her. And <laughs> Well, we'll go to the haunted house this year. Yeah. You and me? Yeah. I, I, we have, do we have to leave if you get scared? No. <laughs> can you can you promise right now that you're not going to get scared and we, we can't we I will leave. promise to you in front of all of our listeners that <laughs> I will go through the entire haunted setup, whatever you consider that mm-hmm. to be over there. It'll be a good time. But the listeners get to know there is a whole part of that place called Clown Town. So yes. Tony will love that. I'm look- They were some freaky because there's some clowns that were walking around and they were walking into the thing. And they were pretty freaky. It was good makeup. I was really impressed. Honestly, I was like, oh, good job. You know, Louis <laughs> like, oh, my God, this clown. Yep. <laughs> ah! Like, yeah, there were people wearing clown makeup. <laughs> It's people with a fake chainsaw. She knows yeah. that we do this show mm-hmm. and that our whole world is a, is yeah. about scary mm-hmm. stuff. And she still didn't listen to us. Yeah, she doesn't listen to us. So. Hopefully uh, we have a, a lesson learned here. So <laughs> that was my evening. <sighs> I love haunted houses, though. The fake ones, too. I mean, like this. I was a fake one. I mean, it's just, it just it's part of... It reminds me of growing up and just going and doing those things. I did a lot of them growing up. So to me, it's kind of a nostalgia type thing. But I, they they have gotten 10 times, I think, freakier than what they were when we were in high school because yeah. they've become such a popular thing to do. And the production value what people are putting into these things is just so much greater than what it used to be. Um, so it's they are pretty impressive. Well, how early do you start doing commercials for them? Um I've, I've honestly, I've probably done one a month throughout, uh, leading up in, in August is when it gets busy is when they start coming in wanting their ads produced. Um, but I have some that started like in January, they start wanting their ads made and there's some that are using their haunted houses, um, for more than just Halloween. There's some around the country now that do haunted houses, uh, at Valentine's day. They just, they reopen it for valentine's day and bring the same crew in for like a date night which i think is an ingenious idea yeah um and there's some other interesting themes that people are doing throughout the year to because there's a demand i mean i don't know that there's to the point where they can go year round yet but um in some places you really probably could um if you have a large enough population and do it on a limited basis okay it's neat yeah. It's fun. So, anyhow. Enough about fake haunted houses. Let's talk about real haunted houses, shall we? Yes. Uh, Jay Nathan Couch wrote in to us, and this is the man who uh, was the author of the Goatman book and Washington County Paranormal. Uh, he's the head of that organization. Um, and he's the man who took us on that ghost tour around West Bend, Wisconsin the other week. Um, and uh, we saw that apparition. Yes. In, in the window. Um, and he said, glad you guys had such a thrilling experience on the tour. I just wish I uh, it had waited to happen when I was there. I've yet to see the elusive apparition at this property, though I've had plenty of other experiences. So he's gone back to try and check and see if that apparition was up in that window, and he has not seen it. So that tells me I really, I really think it was not a reflection. 
Yeah, because if it were a reflection, it would be there night after night in the same spot, and it wouldn't fade, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't... It wouldn't move. It wouldn't move, no. <laughs> Reflections tend to not have minds of their own. Uh, if you want to see the picture that we took of it, and it, it it's as most ghost pictures are... Um, you know, somewhat blurry, you know, for the but it is what it is. Um, but you can see what looks to be an apparition uh, up in this window of this building. It says Tony and Jenny's ghost in window, West Bend, Wisconsin. It's in our photo section. And when you're looking at the photo, um, there's a, a bank of six windows um, on this steeple like structure. It's the upper right window. And you see this looks like a head and almost a body that's in this window. And. The first thing you think of is it's a reflection of something. It moved and it went away. So, and three of us saw that happen. Yeah, and it wasn't just one of us, you know, going nuts. So there you go. The uh, the uh, image is up on the website realghoststoriesonline dot com, um, and it's a building that is known to have paranormal uh, activity in it. It's the old courthouse in West Bend, Wisconsin. There's a lot of other things, and he said that he was there earlier in the week. Um, or a week or two prior walking around on that property and heard someone um, whisper to him. Yeah, he uh, did. Like, a, Come it was o- a, look over here. A female voice or something like that. Yes. Yeah. And it's just, it's a creepy, creepy area. Uh, very historic and, and neat, but it, it's the architecture and everything just lends it to be a very creepy atmosphere. Anyway, check it out. The website, realghoststoriesonline.com. And uh, check out uh, Jay Nathan's stuff. He's uh, got that new Goatman book coming out, uh, which is really just kind of interesting talking about what is either an urban legend or something paranormal. It's it's bizarre and all around the country. Um, and he also has Washington County paranormal um, stories and, and books you can read as well. So he's a very, very good storyteller and uh, definitely worth checking out if you're ever in, uh, in Wisconsin in the West Bend area does those ghost tours every week um another piece of follow-up for us samantha says my name is samantha ah uh nine times out of ten i am conscious in my dreams i have the gift of foresight at times as well as i'm able to see specific scenes in my dreams uh i am able to tell if it will be a good or happy dream and if it's a vibrant color or a bad dream, which is black and white. When I was younger, I had to close myself off from my intense connection to the world around me when I began seeing things that were not right. I began seeing children and young adults with twisted faces. To protect myself, I created a well. And now that I'm older and capable of handling more, I am working to safely break down those walls again. Love your show. Just found it three days ago. Can't stop listening. Thank you for all that you do. Well, that's a skill. It's it's amazing to me how differently people dream. How I, I've never I've never dreamed in black and white. Um, uh, that just seems so foreign to me to dream in black and white. Yeah. Do you? No. I, I mean, no. Everything's just just like it's real. It's like when they say animals see, and I don't believe is that proven. To, animals don't see in black and white, do they? I think that's like an urban legend or a myth or somebody can correct me on this. I could see it maybe a colorblind thing, but colorblind people don't see in black and white. They, It's more of a, I don't know, for lack of a better way to say. I, I like a hue definition. It's like a hue def. Yeah, yeah, that's essentially what that is. So I could see maybe animals being on that spectrum, but. I don't know. I don't, I mean, black and white, isn't that more of an invention of technology? <laughs> and like more so like images on screen um, not necessarily something that 
the eye would produce yeah. in shades like that? I would think there's always a color spectrum no matter what you are. I could be wrong. Um, but. And I'm probably, I'm probably wrong on this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I believe babies up until a certain point when they are first born, they don't. Obviously, their their vision's not the greatest, and it gets better and better. But they don't see in color. It's it's the light versus dark, the contrast. Okay. That they see, and and they can only see like really close up, like a foot. Sure. Anyway, and I'm not sure how long that lasts. It I don't think lasts very long. Like mm-hmm. a matter of I think maybe a couple weeks. Okay. Someone can fill us in on that, I'm sure. They'll know. Yeah. As with most things. I don't know. Someone tell us what it is. Uh, let's go to a letter Daniel writes in uh, to us here at Real Ghost Stories Online. And you can, too, by going to our website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Uh, of course, uh, is the web address. Uh, anyway, Daniel is uh, writing into us saying, let me pull it back up here. Uh, this is a response to the Dibbit box. Is that how you say it? Dibbit? Dibbit. Dibbit box you talked about in the show. The Dibbit is a spirit that has no physical form. It's said to occupy a residence in Jewish lore. It's a malevolent spirit that watches over its home and protects it and resides as long as it its rules are followed. It's said to manifest itself as an old man or old woman with kindly features. The Dibbit box is made with the sole purpose of capturing and containing the Dibbit. A rabbi has to cast spells on the box and puts items in the box that the Dybbuk associates with. The boxes have the name of the Dybbuk written in the box. This anchor is the Dybbuk to the box. The outside of the box is warnings and prayers written in Hebrew on it to contain said spirit and to let those know that it contains a Dybbuk and not to tamper, open damage, or destroy the box. Doing any of that will release a very, 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 very angry Dybbuk. This is why you should not ever destroy an item that has a demonic or malevolent spirit attached to it. Once a Dybbuk box has been tampered with, the Dybbuk is free to lash out at whoever has the box. On an earlier show, you brought up destroying an item attached to a spirit. Doing such would bring down the wrath of that spirit on the one who set it free, and then the thing has free reign to do more harm. Typically, if the spirit attaches itself to an item, it's now trapped in that item until it can possess another item or person. Please, for your own sake, do not destroy an item you know to be in control of a malevolent spirit. It may cost you more than you're ready to pay. Love the show. The the dynamic that you and Jenny have hosting the show. Kudos to you and keep up the good work. So there you go. Okay, to me, all I can picture in my mind is that box on Ghostbusters that... The ghost trap? Yeah, the ghost trap. Once they get it lassoed with the Uh whatever and they put it down in there. Sure. I always wanted to, to play one of those uh, from the toy set when I was a kid, but I never got one. Asked every Christmas, every birthday. Guys, get the ghost trap. Get the ghost trap. Never got one. Here's something <sighs> I don't understand. If why my parents didn't get me the ghost trap? No, okay. has nothing to do with that. If a <laughs> evil spirit can attach itself to an object, yeah, how is it then trapped in that object until it's destroyed and then it moves on to another object? I'm assuming there's something to do with the spirituality and the religion there. Is that the Dybbuk box sounds, it's something with the the Jewish 
I'm, tradition, isn't it? Yeah, but I, what I'm referencing is not actually the box itself. Okay. It's just the, any- the statement or the, the thought that, you know, how sometimes, like the Annabelle doll. Yeah. No. That the demon or evil spirit is trapped in that object until it's destroyed. But I don't know that it wants to be trapped. I just think it may just attach itself because it can do more damage uh, appearing that it's a conscious item. Uh, and there's more allure to it and more chances of it being interacted with as opposed to it just being out there, you know, or attaching itself to a new item every day. Okay. I Makes just, sense? It, that does. I just associated that with, like, free will, I guess, for lack sure. of a better term. And, you know, I think there's more free will with something like the Annabelle doll where it can go from thing to thing to thing. I just think it shows that because it will get people to interact with it and that can open up the interaction lines. Okay. With being in the doll. Um, I think the Dybbuk box might be something completely different where that does involve a bit of um, spirituality and religion. And there may be some sort of casting it into a object or whatever. And maybe there is something that's locking it in there. With that being said, I mean, again, it's all relative. But if we're playing along the lines of what people are saying works and what this does and what that doesn't does, that's how that would make sense to me. I agree that that makes sense to me. And I was thinking of that as two separate sure. entities, I guess. <laughs> that being said, have you ever seen a Dybbuk box at an antique store? I can honestly say I probably have and have no idea what it was. I, I don't have any idea what they would look like or anything. I'm doing a Google image search on this thing right now to see if you see, I would think it's just like some creepy old box. You know, I, I really wouldn't know. It looks like any sort of old random piece of furniture. I think, oh, look, it's a, this could be a great place to put tea. <laughs> you know, or see, I would see one of those in an antique store. And first thing I would do would be, oh, let's open it. Let's see what the inside's like. Well, I, I think, too, the, uh, they don't necessarily have a uniform look from what I can tell. I mean, the, some of them kind of have like this two pronged opening uh or to like a, a french door i guess style opening but some don't some are more like a chest um so i guess you know it, it's not so much the shape of the box it's more the intent if you will uh than anything else so uh, i guess it, i mean a divot box could probably be almost anything um i guess it's just a matter of if you can decipher the hebrew writing on the side of it so i guess there you go that's the uh that's the thing to look out for the uh the hebrew writing on the side of the box the antique store don't f with that box okay i will not mess with that box but i know what to get you for christmas now that sounds great (laughs) it's a divic box everybody let's play open the spirit on christmas morning (laughs) elf on the shelf is really gonna go crazy now <laughs> That'd be great. I wonder if anyone has any Elf on the Shelf stories of like ghosts screwing with Elf on the Shelf. Like, mommy and daddy did Elf on the Shelf last night, this in this position, and they get up and it's a completely different position. That would be creepy. <laughs> Oh, that'd be interesting. That that's a Christmas topic right there as we get closer to those months. Yeah. Uh eight five five eight five three forty eight oh two is a phone number to call into real ghost stories online. 
Tim writes in, hey guys, love the show. I'm just writing to let you know about the show Paranormal Witness from Sci-Fi. In an episode, I remember they did a report on a Dybbuk box that was mentioned recently on your show. Ah, Marty with the Dybbuk box. I think you should give the show a bit of a look. Uh, You'd really get a kick out of it. It's left me almost sleeping with the lights on after watching. Anyway, Tony and Jenny, keep up the great work. Now that you're putting out shows almost daily, I listen to the show each night. I'm listening from Australia, trying to get a word out about the show. Thank you. I hope you uh, do get the word uh, out about our show. That's down neat. under. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And I, they don't drink Fosters there. I found out. That's oh. all a bunch of BS. Really? <laughs> no, it is. Yeah, it's like one of those things where it's like, yeah, yeah I'm trying to think of what the comparison would be here. I was going to say like people don't drink shitty beer here, but they really do. <laughs> it's like they like they live on shitty beer here. Yeah. I was going to say like hey, people in America don't drink Bud Light. No, that's really pretty much what they drink. Um, I have no comparison. We we do drink shit here. It's just a stereotype. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I guess, <laughs> I guess the stereotypes there are not true, but here they are. <laughs> Yeah. So that's, they're fat. They no, We're fat. We eat hamburgers and pizza and drink Bud Light. And it's not like that's the stereotypical of you Americans. That's, that's Americans. That's what it is. Sounds like a, <laughs> yeah, Friday night. Exactly. I wonder if they, do they have Outback Steakhouse? Would you eat in an Outback Steakhouse in Australia? No. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, let's go Outback. Let's eat there. <laughs> I wonder if they would have them there, you know, or if that's just like so stereotypical. I'm sure they don't have them there. I don't know. It's something to... Uh, I'm going to Google it right now since we're on the topic. Let's see. Outback Steakhouse. Let's see if anything comes out. Um, guess what they do. That's crazy. <laughs> they have them there. It just seems almost wrong, you know? It does. Is there American themed restaurants in other countries? Here's the there's a, there's a question for our listeners in other countries. Yeah. Are there is there like uh, an American themed? I mean, other than McDonald's. Okay. You know, I'm like Outback is an Australia theme restaurant. Sure. Um, uh, you know, is there one where it's you know other than McDonald's that's this is about America? I mean, I guess Applebee's could be. Maybe that's all he does is get an Applebee's. Like, oh, it's American restaurant. You know, shit. <laughs> I hate to think that Applebee's is the... <laughs> that's, our, that's our international culinary ambassador yeah. is Applebee's. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, 855-8534. I'm curious. Maybe there is other ones. Let's go to a call. Hi. Hi, Tony and Jenny. My name is Samantha, and I have a ghost story for you. I was um, going to school in Long Beach, California, um, at Long Beach State, and I must have been about 19 or 20 and I had my own little apartment. And one night I was eating uh, popcorn, as I often did, watching movies um, in the living room. And I was eating popcorn out of a white ceramic bowl, little white ceramic bowl. I only had a few of them at the time. Anyways, I left this bowl of popcorn out after I finished eating it, either on the couch or on the little TV trays of the couch. And I went to bed. Um, I woke up the next day in the morning and uh, went to go get the bowl to make uh, cereal or something to eat before class. And because the other one was dirty, like I said, I only had a couple of bowls um, being a college kid. Anyways, I couldn't find this bowl. And it wasn't on the couch. It wasn't on the TV stand. 
I tore the house apart because I knew I had left it there. Um, I looked in my bedroom. I looked in the kitchen. I looked in the living room where I had left it. And it was a very tiny place. There wasn't many places that I could have left it. Um, I think I even checked outside and it wasn't there. Um, anyways, I finally gave up and went into my room to grab my jacket and my things for school. And I walked back out into the living room and lo and behold, that white ceramic bowl was right in the middle of the living room face down. And it absolutely freaked me out. Um, I didn't get an evil feeling from it, but it really, <laughs> really creeps me out. I'll never forget that. Um, anyways, I have several other um, paranormal stories that I will check in and share with you later. All right. Thanks for your show. Thank you so much. And uh, hope you have a good day. Thank you. I uh, I just blame missing things on my kids right now, but I think I would completely freak out if I had just searched high and low for something and it was all, it's all of a sudden right back. I have that happen a lot, but I just blame myself. I'm like, uh, or the kids. But a lot of times I just go, I'm an idiot. I'm like, this is right in front of me the whole time. Shoes. Shoes? That happens to me. I mean... I do try to put them back where they're supposed to go, but every once in a while, I'm like, I just take them off right here, and you know, then I, I search and I can't find them, and I can't find them, and I swear, I in some places, like, it was like the first place I looked, and then I've checked every other place, I'm like, well, I'm gonna go back to where I started again, and there they are. My favorite's when you have your glasses on your head. And you're looking yeah, for them. That happens a lot. Or even the more elusive, I have two pairs of glasses on my head and I'm looking for them. Like if I have my regular glasses on and I'm looking for my sunglasses and they're just kind of, you know, up, up on my head and my regular glasses. I've done that too. Yep. That happens. <laughs> it's not even like it's a joke. It happens. It does. This is my world. You'd almost think I was, you know, 80. Uh, it'll be even more fun then. It'll be, you know, <laughs> you, think, you think now is fun. You just wait. <laughs> There's boats outside the window. Yeah. No, Grandma, you are, uh, you're pretty much landlocked right here. It'll be me. 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802. I saw a video the other day. I was looking on Facebook at old stuff, and I had a video of my mom trying to teach the cat a Norwegian fairy tale. What? Yes. She was talking in Norwegian to my cat. It's great fun. Your grandma or your mom? My grandma. Okay, I thought you just said your mom. No, my grandma. It was uh, it wasn't a fairy tale. It was like a a poem. It was like die stutzte bjölderbli right gento, you know. That's uh, great. And <laughs> and essentially, all it does is, as I stood on the hill, I was a little drunk. Is what it, she was saying, and it's like this, I don't know, some sort of saying of some sort. But she was trying to teach the cat. It was right when she was about to, she's kind of, we were like, I think she has Alzheimer's. We're not quite sure yet. That's what I was about to ask was, was this almost be- before or after the diagnosis? It was, it was actually the same night that she thought the filet mignon that I made her was chocolate ice cream. Okay. Um, <laughs> I love my grandma. She was funny. Um, the thing is that even before that, I mean, she would say she was a very, uh, very much a book smart lady. Um, socially. Not so much. A little bit awkward. A little bit awkward, um, but funny. But but com- when it came to common sense things, uh, not quite, <laughs> not quite there. But very intelligent. It's just you know, usually you're one or the other. She was the other. 
Yeah. So that was grandma. But anyhow. Uh, another letter here uh, that was written into us at Real Ghost Stories Online uh, from Michael. Hi, Tony. My name's Michael, 17 years old, big fan of the show. I've always been skeptical, but very open minded about ghosts, hauntings, etc. About six years or so ago, my brother was coming home from work at about 1030 at night. Where our house was, we could clearly uh, see into the backyard when coming up the hill. He came inside, slammed the door behind him, out of breath, and noticeably freaked out by something. I asked him what happened, and after a minute or so, he caught his breath. He told me that he was driving up the hill and saw my mom in the backyard by a campfire, which wasn't unusual for my mom to do during the summer. He said he was certain he saw her and the fire, and he could even see the headlights reflecting in her eyes. When he got out of the car, he walked around back to say hi. When he got there, there was nobody sitting by the fire pit. No signs of a recent fire whatsoever. No coals, no smoke, nothing. Not even a chair. He ran to the door as fast as he could. When he told me what happened, I got really uneasy because my mom had been sleeping in her room for over an hour at that point. To this day, he still swears that he didn't make it up, and he's not the kind of person to make something like that up. I just found it very interesting and unusual that he saw what I'm assuming was a ghost or spirit of my mother who was, and is still, very much alive. Have you ever heard a story similar to this where a ghost or spirit takes the shape of someone who is living? It still seems strange to me that there could be a spirit of my mom when she's still alive. I've heard stories about a police officer who was injured on duty and his family claims to have seen him that night. He assured them that he was going to be okay. When the officer's families told him they saw him, he said that he had not been at their house at the time and that it would have been impossible. I thought it was very interesting. It's just a strange story. I was just curious if you could maybe let me know of similar occurrences that you've heard of, if any. Thank you very much for your time. Keep up the great work with the show, Mike. Okay, this is where I get confused on whether it's astro projection or a doppelganger. Because it was more than just the mom. It was the mom and the campfire. Yeah. That's... Uh, astro projection. Uh, doppelganger. Demon. I'm going to throw it out there because I always have to throw a demon into the mix no matter what it is. Um, you know, or... You know, it's one of those things where I almost have to wonder about, you know, energies and such. And it essentially, you know, almost being like a... Uh, for lack of a better term, like a rip in time of some sort, and you're seeing essentially a replay of something. Okay. You know, that had already happened for whatever reason. You're just seeing it. It's not necessarily a ghost. It's just some sort of weird natural occurrence that somehow happens in our world that we are unaware of that's never really been scientifically proven to happen but you do hear of those sort of things where people are seeing other points in time um looking through a window uh looking through a mirror or flying over an area with an airplane um and it's bizarre as hell and you don't know what it is sometimes there's not like really ghostly apparitions that they're seeing but it's like literally looking at a picture of something else that had already occurred and then it's gone. So I don't know. I don't know either. I think it has a lot to do with if they're owners of DeLoreans with flux capacitors in the back. Um, I think that can probably play into it. And if they were going 88 miles an hour. 
around that, and they would have to have also uh, gone down a road um, and hit a big uh, wire that was hanging from a clock tower when the lightning struck. Yeah. If they could do that, which is pretty common. A lot of people do do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what do you think of that? I mean, the, the rip in time type. You know, it. I wonder about that. And I wonder how often, I mean, we're just talking about two things that have never been proven either sure. one. But I wonder how often that a rip in time, people see somebody from like a different time and they assume it's a ghost when maybe it's not. Sure. A ghost is just something going on in a different time. Paranormal? Supernatural? Sure. But is it a ghost if that's what is causing it? Okay. Um, you know, because it does classify as those two. is a supernatural sure. occurrence, paranormal occurrence, but in that instant, is it a ghost by what we define in terms of ghosts? I would say no, because no. if they're possibly peeking into a different time, that person may very well be alive in that time. It's just yeah. kind of like you said, it's almost like looking through a window. And yeah. we've had stories of people literally looking through windows, seeing different times. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the, I guess, the image that I use. It's almost like peeking into a different time, and they may still be alive in their time, but... I don't know. That's a pretty far out there concept, but since we go there anyway. <laughs> Our show is called Real Ghost Stories Online. I know. I know. <laughs> no, I mean, it's interesting because I agree. I don't think it would be a ghost at that paranormal supernatural. Yeah. But if that's what is causing it, not a ghost. Yeah. But I agree. Interesting. Nonetheless, so that's, I guess, our take on it. You guys let us know what you think. Maybe somebody could uh, start that up in the forum, uh, and, uh, and we could have a whole lively discussion there about it. Paul writes in, Hello, Brewskis. I'm a believer in spirits, but back in the day, not so much until a few things happened to me. Here's one of my stories. Back about three years ago, I worked at a hospital. I was working in the processing area that processed surgical instruments. I was worried one night at uh, 3 a.m. there was a strong smoke smell accompanied by warmth. I was checking my heat-generating autoclaves, but it showed no sign of excessive heat loss. This happened for three weeks. Every time I took the back elevator to the operating room core and back down to the basement, there my, there my area was, there was this smell followed by heat. Then one day I noticed a firefighter in my area. I told this person that they were not allowed in my area. This person turned and moved the wall, and when I approached where this person was, they were not there, and there's no exit. It is a brick wall. The next day I was told my story. I, next day I told my story to a coworker, and I was told that our work area was not there back in the day. About 40 years ago, the emergency room was there. The entrance of the emergency room was where this person turned and left. Also, on many separate occasions, on weekends through the evening, there were sounds of instruments moving into the back area. When I would go to the back, no one was there. I'm at an older hospital now. If I see anything, I will let you know. I wonder if it was like, you know how sometimes you smell the old lady perfume with a ghost? Sure. If that smoke smell was him smelling the firefighter. That would make sense. 
or if a fire had taken place where the old emergency room was mm-hmm. and that was a lingering from kind of a ghostly lingering sure. that he was smelling or if there was some sort of electrical problem in the wall that was slowly smoldering <laughs> could be but i'm just gonna throw it out i mean and i'm not saying it I, I there was someone on our forum that said we should be logical more <laughs> so i'll throw that one in there every now and then i don't want to be logical i know the whole point of this show is not to be logical but i just wanted to throw what could possibly be there for that one because a lot of times there's no logical yeah, most of the time there's no logical because this is a ghost story show. Like zombie ghost clones? <laughs> Where's the logic there? <laughs> that was still one of the scariest stories ever. But I mean, in this case, in that case, that could be one of the possibilities. Okay. But. Yeah. Yeah. But you have a ghost of a firefighter. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's not going to come because you have a smoldering problem in the wall. Sure. No, and, and usually if you have something electrical, it's very distinct yeah when i smell that smell it freaks me out because that's like the worst type of problem to have because you don't know where it's coming from it's probably not visible to you and you better kill all power until you figure out what the hell is going on um because that can linger for a long period of time and it's and, and you know it it's not like the smell of a firefighter very different than the smell of electricity well sure you know so that would I think the person with any sort of life experience could tell the difference. Yeah. No, when I said the smell of the firefighter, I just meant like, you know how their coat after a sure. fire, it, it still has that smoke smell? Yeah. That's what I meant. Sure. Sure. What do you mean we don't have enough scientific or <laughs> explanations on here? You want me to read what they said? Yeah. Okay. Let's go after that. Okay. They came back and they said something else. They, they were not trying to offend us. And I'm not offended. I just thought, well, we're not really a scientific show. We're, this is not really what we do. We're just kind of, it's, it's real ghost stories. I'm pulling it up as we speak. Uh, here, I have to make the writing larger so I can read it. Because <laughs> our forum is tiny. Okay. So I've been listening to the podcast for several months uh, since early in my life. I have an interest in the paranormal. I love ghost stories and have no problem if something was proven true. It would excite me. But not one thing has been proven true without a shadow of a doubt. You're right. They're ghost stories. I've experienced many of these uh, things people claim are paranormal. Sleep paralysis I've had. And it's terrifying. But it is a sleep disorder. Another thing that... Okay, let's stop there for a second. That's very... Yes, sleep paralysis is a disorder. There's no doubt about that. But as far as the versions of sleep paralysis, I too for a long time just thought, eh, sleep paralysis, until I heard the other 52 variations of the paranormal activity that followed it. So I don't think it's always just sleep paralysis. Okay? I agree. I I think there may be cases of flat out sleep paralysis mm-hmm. that's all that's going on and then there may be cases of there's actually something paranormal going on masking as a sleep paralysis mm-hmm. uh, another thing that happens uh, is, is with the sensitives if you are into ghost stories you get the shivers in certain situations I'm sorry nothing paranormal about it it's a brain thing no there's a difference between getting the shivers and knowing you're in a spooky situation and someone who's actually sensitive to things it it, it, if you are not that 
it's it's really hard. Either you understand it and believe people can be, or you don't. And if you don't, you don't. But there are more sensitive people to these things than others. And that's actually, there is scientific evidence um, to support that one, if they want to talk science, um, of people that necessarily can't beat the odds in Vegas, but have uh, more of a... Uh, a sensory to whatever may be going on around them or maybe able to pick up on things better than the average. Um, that's been proven. Yeah. I'm not even going to address okay. that. Okay. Example. Uh, they're going to do an example. Um, uh, Tony and Jenny, please consider a non-paranormal answer to some of your questions people pose to you and i think we do that's the thing i mean we i mean not all the time because it's ghost stories um but i think a lot of times we do uh you know the carbon monoxide gets brought up quite often um but some other times it's a ghost story it's a ghost story and if we feel like for one that it's not your typical paranormal paranormal experience and i'll give you an example there was one person that wrote in that they were sleeping, I think somebody's attic or something like that, and there's a window, and he watched the window physically move all the way around the room. That was more of a hallucination type Mm -hmm. situation. That was one where we brought up the carbon monoxide. Sure. Because that's not... That's not what we typically hear, and that was just so far out there. We thought, you know, and being up in an attic, who Mm. knows? Well, and that's the thing. I mean, it is what it is. You, When we do this show, you really kind of have to take everyone at their word. Just, it's the subject that we're talking about, you know, and if you want to believe it, you can, if you don't, and, and you know what, there, there are plenty of stories that, that we do hear that, you know, personally, I may think, yeah, I don't know. I think this person may have an issue uh you know some sort of mental problem you know but it's it's that's few and far between and and usually sometimes if that's the case we'll address that but a lot of times you know more than not um there's a lot of issues where dark things seem to connect with people who may be going through something um you know psychologically right and we usually address that too so it's usually a mixture of everything. So, you know, I understand wanting to, you know, try and get some more ideas and opinions out there. But honestly, I am trying to provide my take on everything we talk about and all the possibilities that are out there. But it's really not our job to judge and say, this is bullshit. This is not bullshit. Uh, you know, here's what it is. Here's what it's not. It's more so, well, here's some ideas. This is interesting. Next story. Well, and here's the thing. We don't really operate on the oh, let's prove or disprove the paranormal. We operate on the mindset. We all know there's something unexplained going on out there. Yeah, we've already established that. Yeah, Yeah. that is the paradigm we operate under. So we're not shifting that. Yeah. So there you go. That's the rules of our game. So there you go. That's that. I just thought I'd address that, you know, because I I get where he's coming from. But the thing is, I think we do a talk about you just wanted logic. to rattle my cage a little bit didn't you me yeah why me bringing that up i was just addressing it i know yeah. i know 
Here's a letter. Nick in Vegas says, let me start by thanking both of you for the show. It's a huge source of entertainment and enlightenment for me. I'm a, uh, a dental lab tech, and I listen to each episode while at work. Tony and I are pretty close to the same age. When I was four years old, Santa Claus brought me my very own proton pack for Christmas, and I've been obsessed with the paranormal ever since. My story is in response to a question posed by Tony a few episodes back, Ghost Haunts Dreams. I believe where a caller was describing a ghostly event that was happening during his call because of a video he had watched about a satanic ritual. Tony asks, I wonder... Can something like that be summoned just by watching a YouTube video? Well, I may be able to add to the hypothesis. It was a few nights before Christmas in 2010 while living in Colorado. My fiancé and I were at home on the couch next to the Christmas tree watching The Exorcism of Emily Rose on DVD. I'm sure you've heard of it. It's loosely based on a German woman named Annalise Michelle who underwent exorcism rites in 1975. After the movie was over, I decided to look online for more information about the true story. Because the film had creeped me out and sparked an interest, I was led to an audio recording of The Real Exorcism on YouTube. I was hesitant to click on the video because after watching the movie, my fiance and I were both on edge. We were both raised as Christians and dabbling in anything that had to do with the occult, conjuring, or Satanism is something that we've been expressly warned against. The mellow glow of the Christmas tree was the only source of light beside the laptop screen. That night was almost silence as the snow fell outside. Letting my curiosity get the best of me, I clicked the link and we were soon intently listening to the initial stages of the audio recording from 1975. As the audio track plays, a few photos are displayed. They're most likely pictures taken of uh, the woman in the stages of demonic possession. Very disturbing. We're both sitting on the edge of our seats. You can hear the priest trying his best to gain control. Uh, of this woman, but getting nowhere. When Annalise speaks, her voice is taken over by multiple demonic voices, and it sounds much like the film's makers, makers uh, depicting the original Exorcist film. It comes to a part in the exorcism that the priest is commanding the entity to name itself, knowing but not saying that we should turn this horrible video off. We keep listening. Now I'm paraphrasing because there's no way I'm going to uh, listen to it again and get the exact quote. The demon says who it is, naming multiple names of evil people in history who've committed atrocities against mankind, each time getting louder and more grotesque. We're both almost wincing in agony as each name is said. Then the demon says, I am, and it says the name. I killed my brother, and pop, just as that line was delivered, the Christmas tree lights went out like a surge of electricity blew out every bulb. I reached out and slammed the labos to stop the video. We both looked at each other, and in union said, Oh my God. I thought, what have I done? We decided to go upstairs, call it a night. It was incredibly hard to fall asleep that night. And just like Tony, each time I had to get up to go to the bathroom, I tried my best not to look in the mirror. In fear that I might see something looking back at me. Or that I might catch a glimpse of something scurrying behind the shower curtain to hide. Well, this may not be a definite answer to your original question, but hopefully it will add to the debate. I love the show. I've been uh, listening since the 1st of July, 2014. I'll be there when you go live to millions of listeners on satellite radio. Which, I don't want to start a rumor because we're there's nothing in the works of that, but I, I appreciate the, uh, <laughs> that the was nice. encouragement. Thank you both for what you do, Nick in Vegas. That's a good story. That is a very good story. I um, 
I could not even imagine if I were watching something like that and then the lights all blew on the Christmas tree. No. no. I don't know how I would handle that. I mean, lights on Christmas trees do go out because they're lights on Christmas trees. I mean, it's like the most notorious thing in your home to go out. Yeah. You know, but the timing, rather questionable. And if there's a big pop. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm thinking of the time we were in our storm shelter and uh, I know we thought a tornado was coming by because there was one nearby. Yeah. And they were sitting there in the storm shelter listening to the radio and they're like, well, it's going down X highway and it's going in X direction and it's pretty much describing the path towards our home. And it's a half mile wide. Yeah. And it's a half mile wide tornado. And we're like, oh, shit. Um, we're like, well, we're in the safest place we can be. Um and then all of a sudden, pop, and the light in our shelter literally blew up. Yeah. I mean, it, ex- it didn't just go out, it exploded. And if you're from this part of the country, that's one of the things, if you've ever experienced a tornado getting close enough to cause a power surge, that can happen as they're tearing things up. It's, it takes one hell of a power surge to explode your lights. And so we thought, that's it, we're done, and... Yep. It didn't hit us. No, it actually <laughs> went back up. Um, and what actually caused that was a direct lightning strike um, to our home. But, um, yeah, it was like, well, the timing was perfect on that one. Yeah. Of all the lightning storms we have and never getting struck, it was that time that we got struck right when there was a tornado on the way. It's like, nice timing, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was really great. So, yeah, but that's, uh, that's yeah, talk about weird timing, you know? And blowing up light bulbs. Yeah, that's, I don't know, it's interesting. I wonder if anyone else has had any similar situations. You know, I, I, I take it, our, obviously, our audience has an interest in the topic. So he's probably not the only one who's Googled or YouTubed exorcisms and tried to watch the videos. Has anyone else had a strange occurrence when watching an exorcism video, a real one, um, on YouTube? You know? Yeah. I remember watching that movie. Um, the, have you ever seen Exorcism of Emily Rose? No. It's creepy. Um, and I think I went on, I was, I was on a date seeing that movie and the, the woman I was dating was rather religious. Um, and she got freaked out by all the demon spirits that were being named off in the movie. Oh, just because it was being said out loud. Just because it was being said out loud. And they were real demon names. I mean, I know that it wasn't like, we're going to make these up for the show. Uh, and that troubled her quite a bit. Um, and I could see, I mean, I think there's something to it. I mean, it's, you're calling those things. I mean, when we get the calls, I didn't name it off in that story. You know, when we get those letters, I don't name them off. I just say the name here, <laughs> you know, sometimes we get a, I don't know if we ever had a caller that's named them or not, but I try to avoid going down that path just for, it's like, well, why not just avoid it? I don't think we've had a call. We had a letter that we got one time and it was just so far out there, and this person named. Oh yeah, we never we cut it. We actually stopped the show and cut the letter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because it was really it was like a possessed person wrote into our show yeah. that or a very mentally ill person. Yeah, one of the two. And it it was not show quality at all. No, I mean it was like you couldn't follow it. It was. But it got really weird, and it started naming off demon names. It was like, okay, number one, this letter is very hard to follow. 
Uh, and that's like the only letter I think we've ever taken out of the show. Well, it got to where the there was a claim that intercourse was going on between this person and some demonic spirit, and it got pretty graphic. And it was just like, no, we're not reading this. Yeah, and it was it, it was even beyond that. Too. It was yeah. just, it, and then the rest of it didn't make a whole lot of sense. So right, and it, and being a letter, we couldn't tell if it was someone who did have a psychological problem which that could have very well been that or it could have been someone who was flat out possessed writing us a letter or somebody just yanking our chain yeah or somebody writing yeah i mean but it was bizarre i mean it was very bizarre anyhow <laughs> this like, post the letter no, no no i don't think so um but that was the most creepy yeah i think of the weird letters that we've ever gotten and the only one that we've ever had to take out Anyhow. Kara writes in, when I was eight, my sister, who is 10 years older, was babysitting me. She was in the kitchen fixing me some chocolate milk, and I walked into our family room towards the kitchen. I saw a young boy in what looked like short pants, suspenders, and some sort of hat reminiscent of the 1800 newsboys in our living room. I ran through the family room into the kitchen, and the boy seemed to run parallel to me from the living room into our dining area. After the dining room, there's nothing but the wall of our garage, so there was no way out. I told my sister what I had just seen, but of course she didn't believe me. She gave me my chocolate milk and tried to distract me by agreeing to play a game. So we walked back to the living room, down a hall towards our bedroom. Just as we hit the hallway, you could see into our bedroom. The closet doors in that room flew open, and everything in the very top of the closet frame came falling onto our bed. Please understand, my mother was, and still is, a clean freak. So there were not a lot of things just piled up in the top of the closet, pushing against the closet doors, in fact. The top of the closet was, was, was rather sparse, with the exception of my board games. When the doors flew open, I dropped my chocolate milk on the carpet, and we bolted out the back door. My sister ran over to our neighbor's house, asking them to come over and check out the home. The eldest son and dad came over with their shotguns, went through the whole house, not finding anyone. During their inspection, her mom came home from work. She was not very happy. We had bothered the neighbors and was even more upset over the big chocolate milk stain on the carpet. This was the first incident I remembered about our home. Since then, there have been several other instances of people experiencing strange things in our home. My parents built the home the year I was born in 1971. So we were the first and so far only family to live in it. It is built on top of a large rock underground. We live in western Kentucky where there are a lot of underground coal mines. And in fact, there is one about three miles behind our property. My parents wanted to be sure their home wouldn't possibly fall in due to the poor mine reclamation. So they were certain to find an area that had not nor could it be mined. Many times you might hear someone walk through the house only to realize you're the only one home once your next door neighbor was over visiting. And they heard what my mom thought was me get up, open my bedroom door as I was lying down to a, due to a migraine, come down the living room through the dining room and expected to see me come into the kitchen. The neighbor asked how I was feeling and my mom started to say, didn't you hear Mrs. Martin? When she realized I had not yet come into the kitchen, mom got up, checked the kitchen, walked the path they thought I had taken, went to my bedroom to see that I was still asleep on the bed. I've had several experiences like that through the years. 20 years ago, my husband spent the night at my parents' house for the first time. He'd heard our various stories about the house, but was a complete skeptic of ghosts and strange happenings. He slept on the couch in our living room, which shares a wall and doorway with our family room. 
At about 3 a.m., he heard me and my mom arguing right next to the doorway between the living room and family rooms. He could hear my mom's voice escalate, but couldn't understand what we were saying. The next morning, as everyone was getting up, he pulled me aside and asked what the argument with my mom was about. I had never gotten up, all much less had an argument with my mom. At first, he thought I was trying to pull something over on him, trying to prove our house was haunted. But he spoke to my mom and realized there was no argument between my mother and myself in the middle of the night. He began to freak out a little. Recently, my dad passed away, but before his passing, he used to get up at 3 a.m. and take his daily shower. Then he would fix breakfast. He told me while I had gone home for a visit last summer that some mornings he heard what he thought was my mom getting up and turning on the TV while he was in the shower. When he came out of the bathroom, he discovered mom was still asleep with the TV off and cold. He said it happened at least twice a week, every week. He could hear men and women talking just like might be heard in a television program. A few times he would hear someone walking in the family area again to find no one there. We can't begin to understand who or what might be haunting our home as no one has ever passed away in the home. No one had ever been buried on the property and no other families have ever lived on the property, but something strange happens at our house on Anton Road. I don't get it if if there's never been anybody that ever lived on the property. Object. You think so? I think it could be an object. Um, that seems most logical. I mean, there's stories depending on what sort of rock your house is built on of rock retaining energy and things of that nature. So... I don't know, settler, campsite, things of that nature. What about the mines? Do you know anything about any uh, kind of... Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of tragedies that have happened in mines, but if it's like three miles down the road, it kind of gets to be a stretch to say it's happening in the house. Sure, I just didn't know if there was any correlation between increased paranormal activity around areas that have mines underneath or not. I don't know. I suppose it would be logical if there's a tragedy that occurred within them. Okay. You know, um, I mean, a lot of mines have, you know, issues big and small, you know, where collapses, but then, you know, people died. They, you know, went back into the mine, reinforced it, kept going. Um, and it continued. It wasn't like, oh, shit, it collapsed. We're done here. You know, it was like, no, that sucks, but let's get the bodies out and fix it and keep going. Yeah. Um, so. You know, a lot of, you know, and, and so you really have to trace that back to see, you know, you may not even know if there was a tragedy in some cases. I never would have even thought of considering an object, and I don't know why. I guess I was just really hung up on the land or the property, and, and being that they were the only ones that ever had the house, and they said nobody ever lived sure. there. I would say objects. Um, the other thought would be maybe just very sensitive people that are, you know, I'd say I do still think some people can pick these things up other people can't it's interesting that the boyfriend never was a you know big skeptic and never anything happened until that time so that almost kind of rules that one out um i'm gonna have to go with object okay there's something that they have in their possession that it may be holding something that's my if i were to guess i would agree with that ding 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 so, <laughs> that's all i got on that one but okay. uh, good story, nonetheless. If you have a real ghost story, you can call into us. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Of course, you can always write into the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. And please support the show. If you like it, you want us to keep doing this show, then become an EPP. 
that is what will keep the show going. It's only five bucks a month. We give you a bonus episode every single week as a thank you, and you get the satisfaction of knowing you are the backbone of the show, keeping it alive, keeping it financially afloat, because we got a lot of costs to cover as far as uh, you know, bandwidth, <laughs> hosting, all of those things. There's a lot of costs that go behind it, having an 800 number. Um, so please... Do support the show if you like. Click Become an EPP on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com and uh, and do just that. We thank you in advance, and we thank you if you've already done that. So, until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.